Hello, I'm Rena Grobe, and I'm Madhvi Romani, and this is Misinformed, where we'll be talking about our latest internet obsessions. So, Madhvi, what did you get obsessed with this week? Valentine's Day. Obviously, it's on the fourteenth of February today, as we air. I just started thinking about where does it come from. The short answer to that is nobody really knows, but it could be as old as the Roman times when they had these big feasts where people used to couple up and go off together at the beginning of spring. It could be Chaucer invented it in the 14th century. It could be that the Romans invented it and then the Christians came along with St. Valentine's. Nobody really knows, but it's been around for a long time. Everyone says it's this massive commercial thing, which it obviously is. It has been commercialized. But I was just wondering, because it still exists today, and today we have less heart-shaped boxes of chocolate, roses, generally red and pink plasticky crap and glittery cards because of corona so the commercialism has slightly been taken out of it you know nobody's going to all these restaurants also in germany and berlin it's not such a big thing but it still does persist all over the world everywhere in different forms in different cultures i was just wondering why what do we do with it it's kind of interesting as a cultural phenomenon what are your thoughts on it well i really distinctly remember growing up in the us in like first grade having bags taped to the end of our desks and everyone you would write one of those like really cheesy pre-made valentines that you got at a store and you would go around and put them in one for every member of your class in their bag so that's like my main association with valentine's day i'm going to be completely honest i do not care for it as a holiday i just do not understand the point of it i understand the point of celebrating love it's a very nice thing I love this image of all the kids writing Valentine's Day cards to each other because in that context it's not romantic love it's just a day where you celebrate love. I remember in the UK we used to have this anonymous Valentine's box in school and boys used to write it was like a very heteronormative thing and I remember getting a Valentine's card when I was quite young. I think too young because it really made me cry. I was not happy about it at all. And there is something a little bit icky and grown up about it maybe and obviously it's pushing this idea of one true love heteronormative relationships coupledom it's interesting the way you described how you feel about it because in Japan Valentine's Day is actually a day when the women give chocolate to men exclusively and it's got a very interesting name it's called giri choco and giri means obligation so it's obligation chocolate it's not just for people that they love they give it to all the men in the office as a way of saying thank you so in 1996 study of office women a sociologist called Ogosawa Yuko argued that giri choco is a way for women to exercise power over men by ranking them the ones they admire would get the chocolate while the incompetent ones could buy their own treats so in other words as an anthropologist called sachiko horiguchi says it could be seen as one of the few opportunities for women to exercise power over men resisting prevailing gender norms this tradition has been really going down in japan the industry is losing quite a few millions every year because it's a little bit infantile that professional women I guess the only way for them to exercise their power in an office is by deciding who gets chocolate and who does not. 
But that's traditionally how Girishoko is seen. Gift giving is very important in Japan as a kind of cultural thing. So it's not just between love people, it is also between friends and family, but predominantly it's women giving it to men in a more of a professional setting. And then a month later, on March the 14th, they have this day called White Day, where all the men who got the chocolate are obliged then to return the favour and give the women something that is white. It could be marshmallows, it could be white cake, it could even be pearls and stuff if we are talking about love situation. And this is called okaishi, which means gifts given as a thanks for receiving gifts. I thought this was super interesting because I think we have it in our culture too. You give me something, I'll give you something. This transactional nature of love and romance. You take me out for a really nice dinner, you pay for everything. And then I'll give you sex. It's this obligational construct, this way of looking at love. Along those lines, I was listening to an interview with Lisa Wade, who is the editor of Sociological Images. She has a master's in human sexuality, and she's a professor of sociology. In this interview, she's talking about the relationship between consumerism and Valentine's Day, and specifically about how Valentine's Day is a coercive holiday. She starts off the interview with talking about this thing called Secretary's Day, which is where, as a boss, you buy your secretary or your PA a gift. And she explains that... Nobody outside of the boss-secretary relationship really cares about this holiday, but as a boss or a PA, you're kind of forced to care about it because not caring about it sends a message. So if you're a boss and all the other PAs get a gift from their boss and you don't get your PA a gift, then that looks bad on you. She also says Christmas is a similar holiday. You have to get people gifts whether you like them or not. You're kind of obliged to coercive holiday. And she says Valentine's Day is kind of the same thing. It's a coercive holiday. With these coercive holidays, non-participation sends a message you don't necessarily want to send. She goes on to elaborate in saying, Valentine's Day is very specifically gendered. There is even a backlash claiming that men need their own day, but we were just talking about this day in Japan. And she also talks about how within American society, there's this like running joke of a steak and blowjob day, which is like the male version of Valentine's Day, but how this basically just solidifies this idea that love is for women. This has happened when we separated love and sex from one another in the Victorian era. Men got sex and women got love. Prior to that, the idea that women were more emotional, that men were more sexual, was thought of as absurd. In fact, the Puritans thought that women were more sexual because being sexual was all about losing control and men were far too, you know, advanced to ever lose control like this. And so love as a feminine thing, as mentioned before, didn't happen until the Victorian era. Again, it's due to capitalism. And it sort of started to take hold around the time when we separated work and home. So prior to this, and here she cites, for example, the idea of when you worked on a farm, your home and your workplace were one and the same. As this changed, specifically in a middle-class context, it evolved into this idea of women stay home, men go to work. So this idea of home became associated with women and with love and comfort and selflessness. And thus this idea was born that love is for women. And she says that in the interpretation of a modern-day Valentine's Day, is men buy women feminine things, and thus they get sex for it in return. The gifts associated with Valentine's Day are also very traditionally coded as female, right? Flowers, chocolates, I think she says bubble baths at one point. She says this is all a marketing strategy. She suggests that if 
enough of us started resisting this commercialization of Valentine's Day, they would stop marketing in this way because you won't use a marketing strategy that doesn't work. However, since this isn't the case, since we still have all those ads, we still have all those associations, it suggests that not enough people are opting out of the holiday, or rather that the pressure, like she mentioned before with the coercive holidays, is still present. This idea that even if you don't really care, or you don't want to buy something, by not doing it, you're sending a message, not just to your partner, but to everyone else. And so we fall into this idea of cliches and standardized gifts because there's so much pressure and anxiety around these holidays that marketers present you with a simple solution. Just get her flowers, just get her chocolate. This is what women want. Thus, we've ended up where we've ended up. It's such a restricted notion of love. Women just want pretty things. Actually, no. Real communication and honesty and all of that sort of stuff is almost hindered by this kind of performative romance. It's really funny that you were mentioned Secretary's Day. It reminded me of something else, which was traditionally, did you know that the day before Valentine's Day was called Mistress's Day? Men would take out their mistresses on the 13th, and then on the 14th, they'd take out their wives. But the 13th actually got reclaimed as Galentine's Day. And this started with a show that Rena loves. Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope. Yeah, basically in the show Parks and Rec, Leslie on Valentine's Day has a big brunch with all of her best female friends to celebrate them. Yeah, it's like a day where you eat waffles, get together with your girlfriends and just celebrate female friendships, which are super, super, super important. And now that's been commercialized too. There's an article on Atlantic just showing all the ways like now you can get gifts for your friends and brunch places have been advertised and things like that. So obviously that commercialization is happening. I kind of like it because it's a celebration of female friendships, which are very important. And especially since marriage, the nuclear family, this as a unit is going down in society and friendships are becoming more and more important, how we're all connected to each other, what our communities our social structures, our support structures working mostly on friends. I guess it's a natural progression that this traditional Valentine's heteronormative couples malarkey is going to go on the decline, which it kind of is, even though quite slowly. And these other ways of celebrating love between lots of different people with your family, with your friends are rising. I would absolutely agree with that. One of the reasons why Valentine's Day irks me, other than capitalism getting its claws in love, is I feel like we have this obsession and an overemphasis put on romantic love. But this idea that you're going to meet your soulmate, you're going to fall in love, and that's it, happily ever after, which anyone who's alive and human knows that that's not true. First of all, I don't believe in the idea of a soulmate. I think that is absolute bullshit. I think that that is a lie sold to us, specifically sold to women to manipulate us and coerce us into marrying men and looking after them for the rest of our lives. And secondly, when I think back to the most important relationships in my life, not many of them are romantic relationships. Actually, the most important ones are friendships. Valentine's Day irks me because it places this over-importance on this idea that is so I don't want to say wrong or bad because there's nothing inherently wrong or bad with love or wanting a relationship. But when it's capitalized in such a way that it's sort of made to be above all other relationships, it gets incredibly problematic and manipulative. And how many people do you know who are single and who view it as like the worst thing ever? Because they've been sold this idea that if they're single, 
there's something wrong, which they're not valued because nothing is bought for them and their lives are pointless. I think also this idea of monogamous, heterosexual, the one love limits our capacity for love because especially with Instagram, we're sold this lie that it's actually easy and simple love and that more is not involved. There's not more work to do. And people are complicated. People have trauma. People are dealing with a lot of stuff. We're not trained to think about, like, how do I communicate with my partner better? Like, just finished listening to Cheryl Strayed's Tiny Beautiful Things, and she's reading out all the columns she did for The Rumpus as Dear Sugar. And this one woman wrote in, she was devastated. She said that she thought that her sister and her brother-in-law had the most perfect marriage ever. They had been together for 23 years. They had kids. They were very happy. And before this woman got married, she went on holiday with her sister and she learned some things that really shook her. Like her sister had had an affair. Also, her husband had had an affair that they had had rough patches and she didn't know what to do. She was just like, that to me is a deal breaker. That's not love. Like it's shattered my entire illusion. I don't think I should get her husband to walk me down the aisle anymore because she really believed that they had this perfect relationship. And then she went into it and she found out, well, it's more complicated. And relationships are more complicated than that. And shit like that happens. It's not nice, but it happens. But if we cut ourselves off, if we just ask for just flowers and dinner and smiles and selfies saying blessed or whatever, where are we getting to the realness? Yeah, I mean, it also supposes that there's only one right way to have a relationship, that every relationship has to fit in a specific box and that Anything else that doesn't fit that label is wrong or bad, doesn't take polyamorous or threples into consideration. Actually, one of my favorite historical relationships is Marlene Dietrich and her husband. I don't know if you know anything about them. No. So she was married once in her life, but they had an open marriage, and both she and her husband had multiple affairs. And what she would do was she would forward her husband the letters that her lovers wrote her and write snarky comments next to them. And just, isn't that beautiful. I think that's absolutely beautiful. I think that's so funny. And that makes me so happy because that's what worked for them as a couple. They looked at the situation and made their own rules. And this heteronormative Valentine's Day, there's only one right way to be a couple idea just excludes a lot of people. And I just, I feel bad for the people that it makes, makes people feel bad or wrong if they're single or their relationship status is different or in an article for the New York Times, they quote Samita Mukhopadhyay. Back in 2012, she is now the executive editor of Teen Vogue. And she says that modern love is governed by a romantic industrial complex. She argued that the profits, by enforcing and then exploiting romantic desires and insecurities, the more you express your love through candies, chocolate, diamonds, rentals, and registries, the more RIC makes. In her view, Romantic people deserve better, more authentic and sustainable ways to express their affection. Above all, let's find a way to honor ourselves that does not rely on buying stuff. And I think she's completely right. And I also think that not only do romantic people deserve better, I think we all deserve better. We all deserve to celebrate whatever love we have in our life in a way that isn't exploited by a capitalistic society. And on that note, here are our three things. We decided to take some tips from our community 
because we asked a bunch of different people that we know how they feel about Valentine's. One person that I really like is Margarita from This Fair Force in Berlin. And she talks about self-love as an act of political resistance, which is not a new idea. But what you just were talking about reminded me of this, like instead of thinking about love and measuring it against all these external factors, if you start with yourself, especially as a woman, maybe we should start with just valuing ourselves and loving ourselves and being more authentic in ourselves and trying to ignore all of the crap. That's our tip number one. Thing two, one of the lovely women in our community said that she had taken some sexy, saucy pics and sent them to her girls in a group chat. And obviously, because women are amazing, she'd received just an onslaught of compliments and support. I was thinking, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should all do that. Maybe we should all send some sexy pics to our best female friends to celebrate ourselves and our bodies. And be appreciated. Amen. And tip number three. This is from Andy Nordgren's The Short Instructional Manifesto for Relationship Anarchy. Point number one in this manifesto is love is abundant and every relationship is unique. So relationship anarchy questions the idea that love is a limited resource that can only be real if it's restricted to a couple. And as Rena mentioned, there are all sorts of different ways of loving in all sorts of different forms and structures. And they are all equal and wonderful. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening. Until next week, goodbye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you like, you can share your internet obsessions with us. Tweet us at the underscore miss underscore informed or follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed. You can also send us an email at misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. You can also listen and subscribe via YouTube. For news about the show or upcoming events and links to all our sources, references, and other geeky inspiration, subscribe to our newsletter. You can find the link via our Instagram. We are an independent non-profit podcast. If you would like to show us some love, you can make a one-off donation via our SoundCloud or support us on Patreon at patreon.com misinformed. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.